Welcome to BSD Talk number 180. It's Monday, November 30, 2009. FreeBSD 8 is out, and one thing that I'm particularly excited about in this release is the support for Zen Guest. Uh, I've been experimenting with the Amazon EC2, which is uh, a way to rent virtualized servers in their infrastructure, and there's no support for FreeBSD yet, but I hope it's coming soon with this release. So uh, that's one thing that's, that's interesting to me. All right, well, now on to an interview for you. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Garish V. Welcome to the show. Hi. We've talked for a while now, and, and I've heard about various projects that you've been working on. And so I wanted to talk to you about those projects and, and also what interested you in the BSDs. So could you talk about your use of the BSDs and, and what it was about the BSDs that, that drew you to them? Yeah, sure. The first BSD that I ever got to know was... FreeBSD, which I installed way back in 1999, and that was in my first job when I was working at Novile in Bangalore. After that, I went back to Linux. I went back to Debian Linux, and then came back to FreeBSD once again. But uh, throughout my career, I've always stuck to Unix in some form or the other, and uh, I've been using FreeBSD for quite some time. Then it must have been close to five or six years ago, I, I don't really recollect right now. So that was the time when I started dabbling with OpenBSD. I did try NetBSD for a brief period of time, but it's not even worth mentioning. So <laughs> I guess it's mostly been uh, a FreeBSD. And uh, today, if you see, I've mostly forgotten, <laughs> I've mostly forgotten FreeBSD. So as of today, I can, um, I can say for sure that uh, I've been sticking to OpenBSD consistently for the past uh, four years or so. One of the main reasons I, I got really uh, drawn towards OpenBSD was my focus on crypto. I have always had a penchant for the hardest problems in, in computer science. And something told me that cryptography would give me the, the breadth and depth that is necessary for uh, sticking to a particular domain for a long period of time. So that being the case, I started getting deeply interested in cryptography way back in 2000 or so. And uh, it was quite natural that I start with OpenBSD once I get deeply engrossed in crypto. Around that time, when I was working in my fourth job, I think, I was tasked with the job of developing the IPsec protocol on uh, the router that my company was developing. I guess that was in 2002 or 2003. And uh, the first code that I ever took a look was Linux. I took a look at the IPsec implementation in the Linux kernel for, for close to two or three weeks. The code quality is not something that I wish to speak about right now, but despite spending a long time, I got nowhere and I grew frustrated and I gave up in despair. The next code that I took a look was the the came project, and that was on on FreeBSD. I was not happy with that either. Uh, I didn't spend a long time, but I was not happy with the IPv6 and came in general. The third project that I took a look was OpenBSD, and uh, the moment I first saw the IPsec code and the rest of the kernel, 
I knew that I had no reason to look any further. I was so happy with the indentation styles, the seriousness of the programming, the simplicity of the code, the way I I could follow through the the RFC standards and the way this code was written. It was almost as though it was uh, love at first sight, and uh, there was a certain irresistible charm about the whole thing. And uh, after that, there was no looking back. Uh, so. I guess the main reason I started using OpenBSD was to implement uh, IPsec on uh, on the Nucleus OS, which was the real-time OS on the on the hardware that my company was developing. And that was the time when um, I decided that uh, OpenBSD's IPsec implementation is the is the best implementation, and that uh, all I had to do was was port that implementation to the Nucleus OS. And was the license a factor when choosing between the BSDs and Linux, or was it purely just the code quality? Uh, the BSD license helped in a big way, but I guess it was the code quality more than the license. And at the time, were there any other people that you knew in your area that were using the BSDs? I don't, I don't know in your area of India whether there are Linux users groups or, or BSD users groups. Uh, there must have existed at that time because it was a long time ago, and... Uh, I started getting actively involved in the local uh, BSD and the Linux users group uh, only recently. So perhaps there would have been, uh, would have been people, but uh, I was mostly on my own. Now, after looking at the IPsec code, you also started to get involved in OpenBSD from the standpoint of some ports. Could you describe that work? Right, sure. The first ever patch that I sent uh, to any open source project was an IPsec code. So that was a memory leak that I fixed way back in 2003. So it was a very happy moment for me. It was <laughs> it was probably just a three-line patch, but then it was it was instantly committed, and I was was very happy at the response that I got. The code was by by Professor Angelo Skiromaitis, who's the author of the OpenBSD IPsec implementation, and um, I sent the patch directly to him instead of the OpenBSD mailing list because at that time I knew absolutely nothing about the mailing list. And um, the next morning when I came to check my mail, I was instantly overjoyed to see that, that my patch was committed the very next minute. So, so I was quite happy with the way they responded uh, and the respect that they gave to my contribution. The next patch from me was in the PPPoE code. Uh, so that was when I was, when I was trying to connect to the Internet from my OpenBSD box at home. Uh, so that code was committed the very next day too. And the author of this particular code was Ken Erkenakar, another OpenBSD developer. So, so this was the second patch, and, and, and there must have been a gap of a year or more, I think. And so I grew uh, quite a bit uh, interested towards OpenBSD, and uh, that was not the only OS I was using, but I knew that was the OS of choice. Uh, there was something about it. I don't know uh, the installation procedure or the simplicity or the bare-bones approach that it had to hardware. Yeah, the other thing that I wanted to say was that I don't use uh, powerful top-of-the-line hardware, and most of my machines are either low-end or old boxes. And the one thing that I've always seen is that out of all the Linuxes, Debian makes the best use of uh, the hardware resources. The next that comes on the list is, is FreeBSD. But the, if you want to make the best use of your hardware resources, be it an embedded system or a really low-end PC, I would highly recommend OpenBSD, and and that has been an important factor in my choosing OpenBSD over the other operating systems. The other reason that I stuck with OpenBSD was the uh, the ease with which I could install packages off the internet. 
Now, I've never taken a look at any operating system that would not allow me that freedom. So all the operating systems that I've ever tried right from the beginning have always allowed free access for me to download packages on the fly from the internet. And since you specifically asked about ports, um, I've been active in the OpenBSD ports mailing list only recently. I guess uh, it won't be more than uh, a couple of years or so. And uh, I maintain close to 20 ports in OpenBSD. And most of my porting efforts have been uh, more due to the love of my community and the OS uh, rather than my personal use of the port um, as such. So it's been kind of odd because um, there's a lot more that I wanted uh, to do. In fact, I got the the PPTP tunneling work in OpenBSD as well, but that would go into the base system and not the ports. And for for various reasons that <laughs> that we can't get into right now, that's still not part of the OS. So my love for OpenBSD and my um, and my focus on uh, on free sharing of uh, of the open source concept is what has kept me going. And this enthusiasm has led you to offer some talks at your local Linux and Unix users groups and also write some articles? Exactly, yeah. OpenBSD has been all over my system, you know. It has, it has gone into each and every bone and each and every cell of my body. And uh, I really don't recollect uh, uh, at what point that happened. It must have been sometime in the last three or four years, I think. And uh, it was very clear to me, and I'm sure that I'll never go back on this stance because it's been, um, it's been a long time already. Whenever I get a chance, I always say that the best operating system is OpenBSD, and that, <laughs> I don't know how to put it, there's no way that I'll ever uh, go back from this. Because uh, if you remember how things were in the beginning, you know, uh, I tested FreeBSD, I tested Debian, and I went back and forth, and uh, it is not too much uh, vacillation, but, but now I know uh, that I got exactly what I wanted. And mostly I try to uh, even even commercialize and develop products all based on OpenBSD. Okay, um, so here is what I feel is the, is the main reason I want to stick with OpenBSD for both my personal and, uh, and commercial use. This is the main thing. My I, IPsec work gave me a complete understanding of the OpenBSD kernel and the OpenBSD networking subsystem. As part of that work, I took a look at uh, the kernel of FreeBSD as well as Linux. The code quality and the discipline that goes into writing the kernel code, the minimalistic approach, the simplicity, and uh, the focus on having the, the bare minimum stuff. So that is what really made me know for sure that this is what I really want. And I'm sure that that minimalism is what makes OpenBSD so great. The minimalism and focus on getting your job done without asking too many questions to the user. I think it's known as the no useless buttons approach or whatever. So that was one of the main reasons that I stuck to OpenBSD. So I could see this beauty and elegance all over the, all over the operating system. So it's not just the kernel, the user land, the ports, the culture uh, uh, of uh, free speech and uh, honesty. Yeah, so this is the other thing that people uh, often um, miss. You know, the, the developer culture of OpenBSD is so refreshing. It's so focused on, on technical excellence and on getting your job done. So, so that is something that uh, instantly drew me towards the worldwide uh, developer community. And uh, I felt a great deal of, uh, I don't know how to put it, uh, so possibly peace of mind or whatever. So, so that's the other reason that I stuck to OpenBSD. And at uh, some point, you decided to try and make a living by working with OpenBSD. Could you describe that effort? 
it was quite clear that the OS of my choice for commercial applications would definitely be OpenBSD and not anything else. The main reason is what I already said, the substantially high technical quality of the, of the kernel code. So that itself was enough because I did not need any other justification. And uh, although OpenBSD lacked uh, uh, all the bells and whistles that uh, the Joe user needs like Flash and stuff like that, uh, that has never been a factor because I, I've always been a low-level guy and uh, I love C programming, I love low-level C programming. So that being the case, I only wanted to develop products that were hardcore technical stuff like routers, firewalls and uh, you know spam control and, and stuff like that. And there was no question because I was always scared of, of losing my, my name in the market by trusting something um, that's not even uh, well-defined. So OpenBSD has always given me the, the confidence that uh, I would always do a good job. Even today, um, that's the statement that I make. So whenever people ask me why my products would sell compared to the other ones in the market, I tell them point blank, you know, uh, the commercial ones are based on Linux and and all my products are going to be based on OpenBSD, so that gives me a natural edge. And can you describe some of the products or some of the solutions that you've been providing for customers? Sure. The one product that I'm actively pursuing in a big way is the Spam Cheetah product. You could take a look at www.spam-cheetah.com. So that's an OpenBSD-based spam filter. It's not any different from what comes with stock OpenBSD, except that it comes with a web interface. Unfortunately, I've not got time to do a great job of it. I'm not a web developer myself or a, or a GUI artist, but still I've, I've tried to do my best. And um, I've tried to actively promote the contribution that OpenBSD has made towards the spam filtering arena. Uh, the SpamD daemon and all the associated uh, code has been developed by Bob Beck in Canada. I've not tried to do, <laughs> I've not tried to spoil the code that he has written. So, so whenever I get an opportunity, I, I try to tell people that when something as fantastic as OpenBSD spam thing, uh, SpamD exists, uh, what's the reason that you have to uh, ever do content scanning or spam assassin or whatever? So, so I've been uh, talking to Google, Yahoo, and uh, and whoever I could. And right now, uh, Spam Cheetah is doing a great job in two of my customer locations. The other thing that I want to mention is uh, I, I want to follow the appliance model. Uh, I sell uh, hardware boxes in India, and I'm I'm trying to sell um, this as a as a live CD worldwide. So uh, this does only spam and and no email. So, so this is the other thing that I'm trying to do. Uh, so I want to capture the unique spirit of do one thing and, and do it well. So this product does only spam. And you can, um, can continue with mail server configuration and you're free to run whichever mail server you want. So there's no such, uh, such problem. The other thing is when you use a, a content scanning approach, your spam filter has to be a, an integral part of your uh, mail server. Although there are alternatives, I believe that OpenBSD, SpamD, or my product, SpamCheetah, uh, gives you a lot of choice in, um, in retaining your uh, mail server configuration. One of the main reasons uh, it, it's able to do that uh, is that OpenBSD's uh, spam filtering mechanism happens at the, at the network level. It stops spam right at the place where it starts. So, so that's the coolest thing about OpenBSD, SpamD, that it does not even allow the spam to come in as opposed to spam assassin or any of the uh, content scanning approaches in which uh, spam lands in your network, it already go gobbles up all your bandwidth, your precious mail server st storage space, and, uh, and you're actually reacting to the uh, content that's already there. 
The other thing with uh, OpenBSD SpamD, which I find extremely interesting, is that your mails start coming at wire speed, and there is no concept of false positives at all. So, in a lot of ways, uh, I am sure that OpenBSD spam filtering mechanism is the best in the world, and that's what I claim that <laughs> that my product does the best spam filtering. And I never claim that I developed this product. So all, all I'm trying to do is trying to promote the name of OpenBSD. So when you're speaking to your customers, are they aware that this is based on the BSDs or is it sold primarily as just a, an appliance? And, and most people don't maybe want to know what's under the hood. They just want it to work. Yeah, that's true. Um, most people know Linux and they don't even know that such a thing called OpenBSD exists at all. So, And I'm talking to a to a jewelry showroom, uh, the biggest jeweler in South India, and they don't really care what I use as long as it does its job. And their mail server runs Linux, and they wanted a Linux-based solution, and uh, most people seem to know that uh, that Linux and open source can give them a, a distinct cost advantage. And that's a factor in a, in a country like India, where um, uh, the market is so, so price sensitive. And I've got uh, excellent feedback from my customer locations, because OpenBSD SpamD does uh, uh, such an excellent job, and I'm really thankful to Bob Beck and the rest of the developers for helping me earn my bread as well. And I think you mentioned, when talking about SpamCheat uh, as a live yeah. CD solution, and I think another project that you've been working on is uh, live USB versions of OpenBSD. Yeah. yeah, so that's the other thing that I've done. I mean, it, it, it's no great shakes because um, a lot of hard work went into developing uh, SpamCheat because, because I created... Uh, as spam control appliance, um, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of pepper and salt thrown into the the way I, I created the appliance. But the the live USB project uh, was probably a weekend project, and uh, I spent uh, close to a week on sprucing up the web page mostly, and <laughs> basically creating uh, different uh, distributions. So the other thing is that the live USB project was born out of my long experience with OpenBSD, and the and the sheer simplicity with which you can solve complex problems on a day-to-day -day basis with such ease. You save a lot of time and uh, I thought that I could freely share this. And the, the satisfaction that you get out of, out of freely sharing your creation, your hard work without any financial motive. So that's the other thing that actually drew me towards uh, the Live USB project. And I've got a lot of good feedback from users worldwide. So when, when you do talk, and talk with folks uh, in your area, do you find that people are relatively familiar with the concept of open source and is, is Linux really what people are thinking about or, or is there much much understanding of the different versions of Unix in, in your area of India? I think nearly all my friends, even the friends who I've known for uh, close to five years, most of them don't know that I, I'm an OpenBSD geek and that I've always been doing only OpenBSD and talking only OpenBSD. In fact, I got annoyed. <laughs> I got annoyed uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I clearly told my friend that I, have, that I have absolutely nothing to do with FreeBSD and that I have only to do with OpenBSD. So, so that's the biggest source of confusion here. Uh, people do seem to know Linux, and people do seem to know FreeBSD. And people have heard of OpenBSD, but they try to lump together all the BSDs, and that's been something that I've been putting up with. So, but people do seem to know, yeah, I mean, uh, to answer your question uh, in one line, People do know uh, the concept of open source uh, quite well, and uh, although uh, m most people are not able to contribute any patches, they are uh, quite happy with the uh, with the concept of open source. And a lot of people, and even my friend this morning, he told me that his goal is to submit a couple of patches before the end of this month. So a lot of people do have good intentions, but it's just that they're 
their job does not give them the time or you know or they're not working on the right areas uh, so that's how things have been and are there any projects that you're planning on working on in the near future you know what's what's next for you with openbsd i have a bunch of products that have lined up i i don't wish to speak about that because it's not nice to talk about the future but uh, one thing that i'm going to do uh, in the short term is I- i'm going to create an isp link level load balancing with openbsd so so i'm going to use the you know, the ecmp concept the equal cost multiple protocol and uh, i'm sure that openbsd is going to help me with a lot of uh, load balancing corp based load balancing and uh, you know core routers and things like that so i have all that cut out for me so it's going to take a little while so i don't think it's appropriate to talk at this point because because as they say there's a lot of slip between the cup and the lip and uh, and i'm anxious but but this much is clear that uh, i'm going to stick to openbsd convert me so uh, so that's how things are and the other thing is i'm going to open source whatever product uh, that i do and that's the main reason i started with the appliance uh, approach so uh, the main focus that i've always had is uh, the focus of freely sharing knowledge and and freely sharing code so that spirit is something that i want to retain uh, through my commercial activities so making money on the one hand and sharing uh, freely whatever you create uh, the charity aspect is the other one so so clearly i am not in the game for making money alone uh, had that been the case then uh, then probably open bsd would, uh, would not have been the right fit probably it is the right fit but you see the <laughs> you see that most people in this community really care about other users and uh, and they really want uh, companies to to take their uh, creations and create commercial products based on open bsd and i'm quite surprised that that most of the uh, commercial vendors out there they still don't take open bsd seriously because we actively promote commercial players to take our uh, source code and benefit by it one of my goals is um, i want more and more people to to use open bsd and and that's the reason i uh, even uh, started this this live usb project and i've been trying to to promote that that project uh, to help users get familiar with open bsd because it uh, it's not going to take them a long time to to get this stuff on a usb stick you know So I've been doing my best. Sure. Are there any other topics that you wanted to talk about today? I wanted to point out that that this part of the world is uh, is a, a, as actively how should I put it a, as actively interested in all the open source initiatives that are happening worldwide, and that uh, hopefully sometime soon we'll have a lot of developers coming from this part of the world. Yeah, and maybe the developers will uh, from around the world will come to you if uh, maybe there's a conference that can be held in India. Yeah, sure. Uh, so that's one possibility too. But but I guess a lot of us do want to uh, submit patches, and uh, it's just the paucity of time or our day jobs or the lack of focus. It's just the inability. As I told you, my friend told us this morning without any initiative from my side that his goal w- was to submit a patch. So a lot of people have good intentions. It's just that you know, for instance, you uh, you take a look at my own story. Um, I've been wanting to. to finish the pptp work that i started quite a long time ago but it's just that i've simply not had the time to work on that and long ago when i had the time the developers were not ready with the review comments so it's a it's a very strange coincidence so <laughs> i do uh, i do hope that a lot of uh, development activity goes on in the worldwide open source projects uh, from this part of the world that's my sincere wish well thank you for taking some time out of your day to speak with me and i forward to seeing your name pop up on the lists or maybe uh, in another article on BSD magazine. Yeah sure um I've already written an article on um in the BSD magazine 
about the the spam control feature of OpenBSD, and um, and I've been pretty um, open about the greatness of OpenBSD, and I've been pretty honest about it. So, and I use strong words, you know. <laughs> so I hope uh, it makes a difference to these words. Right. Thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 180.